Hello and welcome to the Critical Condition Sports Podcast. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day and joining me today. On today's show, got a great one planned for you. In about 10 minutes, I have uh, MMA fighter Chelsea Tucker joining me. She's an amateur fighter and it was a great conversation with her. Uh, truly humble person and, you know, she's fighting out of Maine and you obviously will get to hear some of her story in the interview later on that's coming in within the next 10 minutes real quick before i get into it we're gonna have a couple things to talk about today you know we got some cowboys football tampa bay buccaneers against the bears last night so we're gonna go over that but real quick i just want to go ahead and just do my daily plug-in follow critical condition sports on instagram at critical condition sports and on twitter at condition talk as well as if you like that extra sports content and you enjoy that feel free to join me at critical condition sports on youtube that is on youtube search critical condition sports and you'll find my sports libraries where i do weekly ranking videos and different kinds of topics my latest video was the best quarterback that you haven't heard of yet so that was a great one with uh trey lance that i was able to break down the game of in that YouTube video, so for you to join me and uh, listen to that if you have the extra time. So today we're gonna be going over a couple things before before I get to my guest and Chelsea Tucker. Uh, first of all, you know the Dallas Cowboys are playing up against the New York Football Giants, and that's gonna be an interesting one just because of the fact that the sky is falling in Dallas again, and there's been a lot of issues going on in Dallas. You know the point. The thing is that this morning there was news about. The Cowboys have officially lost left tackle Tyron Smith for the rest of the year. You look at the rest of the offensive line, obviously they don't have Travis Frederick anymore, and they lost Lyle Collins, who was their right tackle for the year. So Dak's starting to get a taste of what reality truly is in the NFL. You know, he is going to be dealing with a, you know, below average offensive line. He's going to have to, you know, deal with a head coach and a defensive coordinator that doesn't seem to be so much of an upgrade when it comes to, you know, Jason Garrett or taking over the reins for him. And he's going to have to overcome a terrible defense. He's going to have to live the life that other superstars like Russell Wilson get paid to do, and that's carry the team. Question is, can he do that? Yeah, he can, but he just can't beat teams that are, you know, good teams. Pretty much when I look at the Cowboys rec, uh, schedule for the next uh, five games, I have, you know, the Giants, the Cardinals, you know, the Washington football team, the Eagles and the Steelers. Believe it or not, though, I st- it's still a favorable schedule. You know, the Giants, you know, are a mess. They'll win this week. You know, the Cardinals, I don't know what version of them I'm going to get. They're not really consistent. Washington football team. You know, we're not looking at them as barn burners, but they do have a great defensive line against, you know, that weak Dallas offensive line now. So that's interesting. Obviously, Philly and Dallas is going to be a good game. It'll be a primetime game. It's going to be a tough matchup. And then they play against the Steelers. That's a loss right there to me. I feel like they can. I think that the Cowboys can weather the storm and get three wins out of the next five games, believe it or not. And it's only because, I mean, when I look at the Giants, Again, I they're going to win this week against New York, so that's one. You know, the Giants haven't scored more than 13 points. Uh, you know, they, Well, the Giants have only scored more than 13 points once in the first four games of the season, so that's not looking good for them. The Cardinals are a team that I don't know what they're going to do. You know, they come out week one. 
they beat the San Francisco 49ers, who were the reigning NFC cha- NFC champions. And that was pre-all the injuries that happened at MetLife to, like, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas and Jimmy Garoppolo. The Cardinals went out there and they beat them. And then a couple of weeks later, they come back and they lose to the Lions. What team am I going to get? That's the question. I feel like that's a very winnable game for Dallas. Now, you know, they'll play, you know, Washington. Again, they're a 1-3 and three football team. Obviously, it's a game that Dak should win, but there's questions when it comes to, you know, Washington having, you know, the or, or Washington having such a dominant defensive line where they're, you know, ranked number two in sacks. You know, they get to the quarterback and they put pressure on you. Another, the, the following game, though, against the Eagles, I feel like Dallas can definitely win that game against Philly. I, I don't I don't doubt it because they're each going through their own challenges. Carson Wentz is pretty much throwing to a bunch of practice squad players, a bunch of players that, to be quite honest, probably need name text for you to know who the heck they are. And then against the Steelers, oh, that's a loss right there. But I feel like the Cowboys can beat the Giants. They can beat Philly. They can beat Washington and the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to win all four of those games, but they'll win three out of the next five and then – People in Dallas are going to start believing again and start blowing this out of proportion. They'll be happy. It is what it is until they play some really good teams. That's when, obviously, you know, it's going to be just a roller coaster kind of a ride for the Cowboys this season, as I've predicted it. Now, the next thing I want to go over uh, real quick is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago, the Chicago Bears were able to pull off the win 20-19 to as Nick Foles led a comeback drive to get the, put the Bears in position to take the lead with a field goal. Now, Tom Brady had an opportunity himself with less than two minutes left. It was about a minute 15 left on the clock to drive his team uh, in a position to get the game-winning kick as time ended. But unfortunately for Tom Brady, he wasn't able to you know, lead comeback, number, comeback drive number 47 in his career. Unfortunately, what a lot of people are really criticizing him was the fact that he didn't know that, you know, it was going to be that the play that decided it on fourth down, he didn't think it was fourth down. Now, does it really matter? What does it mean? A lot of people are going crazy and saying, you know, Tom Brady has no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, guys, can we give the guy a break? I mean, he's only won six Super Bowls. He's only been in nine Super Bowls. Has it happened during a big time game? The answer is no. So I don't know why people are blowing things out of proportion. I mean, it's just what the media does. Now, Going into, you know, the whole debacle at the end of the game where he didn't go shake Nick Foles' hand. I don't care about Tom Brady not shaking Nick Foles' hand. Sure, it might be a lot of people classified as poor sportsmanship, but LeBron earlier this week, you know, walked off the court without, you know, acknowledging any of the Miami Heat players after they lost. It happens. We're human. These people... They're athletes, yeah, but they're also human, and that's the thing that people need to remember. Obviously, I'm not, you know, going to jump the gun and try to defend Tom, but I really don't care what he does. I mean, and neither should people. I mean, we care about watching the NFL product, and that's the game of football. I don't really care what he's doing before or after the game, as long as it's not nothing illegal or immorally correct. I mean, not saying that, you know, should he have shaken his hand? Probably. But again, I mean, who are we to be able to criticize the guy? We're only human. As well as, you know, I don't know if anyone heard this, but, you know, Stefan Gilmore, after clearing, after the whole Patriots team clearing all these positive tests for COVID-19, after playing a game, he tested positive for COVID. And after the game had ended, you know, the Patriots played the Chiefs this past Monday. 
you know, you saw Stephon hug Mahomes. You know, at that point, Mahomes didn't know what was going on. And I'm not saying, I mean, obviously he's on the field and people, these guys have already been tested. But I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know. We, people don't know how he contracted the virus. But regardless, he had the virus. And obviously we saw him and Patrick Mahomes hugging. I would still feel uncomfortable if, if I were, you know, Mahomes or a player to really get close to another player like that. I understand that some people... Uh, may, that all the players, I'm sorry, that are on the field tested a negative for the virus. But do you really want to take that chance? All it takes in this world right now, for what it seems like, is it just takes one mistake, one slip up, and you got it. And it's so contagious that, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say, oh, you know, Tom Brady didn't shake Nick Foles' hand because of COVID-19. But I'm just saying, you know, it could just be a precaution. Now, do I obviously think that it was because of COVID-19 that he didn't go shake uh, Pat, I mean, sorry, Nick's, uh, you know, hand during the game? Absolutely not. I think he was a sore loser, and I think that regardless, we shouldn't crucify the guy for it, uh, regardless of that. So I'm not, you know, take it easy on Tom. He's done a lot for, this, for, the, for the sport. He's a very accomplished uh, football player. Give him a pass, people, on that third, fourth down debacle play, and stop trying to nitpick every single little thing so he didn't shake his hand i'm not really losing sleep over it right now or i'm certainly not posting about it now so uh real, real quick before i get into uh you know this interview with fantastic interview i had with chelsea i'm just gonna go over uh my uh power picks for this week so this week i guarantee i you know i'm gonna give you my guarantees for the week as far as uh who's gonna win or who's not so uh the first match i'm just gonna let you know about is the colts versus the browns both teams are three and one i'm gonna take the colts to be able to win this game the colts pass rush is for real you know uh buckner uh going in there has been a perfect addition for the Colts. I feel like, you know, they're playing great. Phillip Rivers has surprised me. He's been real efficient. You know, he's, he's completing 73% of his passes. Again, with that terrific offensive line, I think the Browns are coming off a crazy emotional game that they shouldn't have won. And their defense really isn't that great. Mayfield, again, in my opinion, can be very limited now. And obviously the formula is able to run. Without Nick Chubb, though, I don't see the Browns being able to be as effective on the run against this a football team so i'm going to take the colts to be able to win this football game 26 to 20 for the next game i'm going to go ahead and let you all know again cowboy fans the dallas cowboys will beat the new york football giants first off the giants have a rookie coach with no preseason and no true time to be able to you know implement his systems in there obviously daniel jones uh don't he's looked kind of like a train wreck in my opinion he's up and down for him obviously the loss of saquon barkley hasn't helped and has really hurt this giants like i said earlier on the show the giants have only scored more than 13 points once in the last four weeks so i feel like dallas is going to be able to win this fall football game pretty dominantly 30 to 10 next up i'm going to take the seattle seahawks to be able to defeat the minnesota vikings as far as kirk cousins that's all I need to know. I do not believe in Kirk Cousins in prime time. Whether he's putting up numbers or not, he always usually ends up losing. That's going to change. That's not going to change here and for this game. I have uh, Russell Wilson is playing in an MVP form. Even though the defense is atrocious, I'll never bet against Russell Wilson. I'll always bet against Kirk Cousins because it's just who he is. He fails to win in prime time for the most part. So I'm going to take Seattle over Minnesota. For my upset of the week... I'm actually going to take the Washington football team to be able to beat the Rams. I feel like Washington's got a 
good defensive line. Chase Young is coming back. The defensive line is phenomenal. And I think that Jared Goff isn't as mobile and as athletic as you'd like your quarterback to be. And the times that McVay has lost, obviously, it, it comes through, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback and stuffing his run. I don't believe in Henderson or Akers or Brown to be able to run the football effectively, whoever it's going to be this week against Washington. And I feel like with Kyle Allen, they're going to limit mistakes. They're not going to turn the football over. Washington knows that they can win this poor division and they'll get an upset win against the Rams. I see this game uh, ending 20-16 to 16 for the Washington football team. Now, as far as the game to watch for the week, uh, this for this upcoming week, in my opinion, it's actually going to be the Saints versus the Chargers on Monday night. It's going to be a very interesting game. Justin Herbert has shown a lot of flashes. The you know the Saints, regardless, the question is whether Michael Thomas is going to play or not and how healthy he's going to be. I feel like watching Alvin Kamara is just so fun. It's so interesting to watch what the Chargers can do with Herbert again and just seeing him take strides. Drew Brees going to be playing. What else do you want? I feel like it's just going to be an interesting matchup. I have the Saints winning that football game. I feel like Drew Brees, with more experience on a primetime uh, game, is going to be able to you know get the win against the Chargers and the rookie quarterback. But hey, the future's looking good for the Chargers. And now, joining me on the show, she is a MMA fighter. She has an amateur record of three wins and three losses. Please welcome to the show, Chelsea Tucker. How you doing, Chelsea? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for uh, taking the time and joining me today. No problem. So, uh, so you're a uh, mixed martial artist. Uh, in what area do you fight in? Um, I fight out of Maine. Uh, my gym is Recon MMA. Awesome. And uh, do you want to just, I guess, just take a minute or two to just uh, let people know uh, who, who you are and uh, what you're doing and what you're planning to do as far as anything coming up in the future for you? Okay. Um, well, my name is Chelsea Tucker. I fight out of Maine. I am on a three-fight win streak. I, um, I was training out of first-class MMA. I love that gym, but I actually moved away from the area. So I started training at Recon. I love Recon. I love my coaches. I love my teammates. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the future. I'm looking to drop a weight class. I'm looking to drop to 115. And um, I hope to fight by the end of the year, but I don't know if that's going to happen with COVID. And then um, eventually next year, I want to make my pro debut. That's awesome. So uh, you said that you switched gyms. So at what point in your amateur career did you change gyms? I actually just changed gyms. Um, I started cross-training um, right after my last loss, actually. Um, cross-training really helped me out, um, just getting different views and um, just really, like, learning from other people. Like, first class is great, um, but sometimes you just need more. Like, you need something um, different, different set of eyes on you and everything. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I want to thank... I really want to thank Carolyn Powell and Devin Powell for that. Um, if it wasn't for them, my career would have been totally different. They invited me to start cross training, go to um, Joe Lozon's gym and their gym. And that really like opened a lot of doors for me. And I just really appreciate them. And they're great friends and just great people. So how far did you move? Or um, I actually moved like um, 
like 45 minutes south and that's where recon is so i started training there nice so uh did you train at lowe's on mma um yeah i cross trained there um on saturdays and everything so nice uh joe joe's a pioneer in the sport i would say yeah so i'm sure yeah, it's great to great. train with him awesome so uh we so you talked about uh the difference in gym so What's one big thing or one big benefit besides just other people's points of views that you, that really benefited you from cross training? What's one of the major things that changed up in your game? Um, I think one of the biggest things was that I, um, I was actually training with other females, um, my, like in my weight class and like professional females. Um, one of my very best friends, Hillary Rose, um, she um, she's a professional strawweight. She's great. Um, she's such a badass fighter. She's amazing. Um, and I just got to meet more people. Um, also like people with like, like 20 plus years of experience that just like know the ins and outs of the game and just hearing, um, just like people's point of views. It's just like, I think, um, being able to like train with other people just really helped me. Awesome. So uh, you're three, three as an amateur, you're mm -hmm. on a three fight win streak, but you did open up your amateur career with three losses in a row. Yes. So talk to me about what the challenging part of, you know, starting off the way that you start, that you started, what were some of the challenges? Did you ever feel like you wanted to quit or, was there, you know, ever a time where you doubted if you could do this? Because, I mean, you're working and you're grinding and you have millions of other things going on. And then when you, you know, start 0-3, I mean, it is, to me, I would think that it's, it's hard uh, to deal with. You know, I'm in, uh, you know, the social media and sports talk business. And then, you know, whenever I upload a video, there's been some videos that only get about three, four, five views. And it's something that I've, you know, take some time to work. And obviously, when you're talking about MMA, it's very different you're you are training you're cutting weight i mean you literally getting hit i mean you're in a fight so mm -hmm. talk about did you ever like a few discouraged i guess when you were on that slide i definitely felt that way um after my last loss um i was just like what am i doing wrong like how come i i can't win fights like i was just so frustrated with myself and i was I was like depressed and just like, I just don't know what to do. And, um, but I've got a fighter's heart, a fighter fights. And you know what? I was like, I got to make some changes and that's what I did. And it's really benefited, be benefited me. And, um, it's just really, I think, um, my, um, skill set has really just been turned up way more than it was and um i'm barely scratching the surface right now was there somebody that was always in your corner in that sense when you were on that uh losing streak that kept you going um so actually my old coach from first class john rayo he he was he was like a second dad to me he just is an amazing human being and he is he was always there like always to just like always been like you know what Chelsea you can do this like on to the next one you were you either um win or you learn like 
it's always a learning experience. Like you can always learn something more. And John Rayo was a really big part and still is a really big part of um, what has made me a fighter. So you ended, so you managed to end that uh, three fight losing streak and now you've won three in a row. So obviously there's a difference in feelings, correct? Right. So now how do you feel about the way you're performing? I feel like I'm doing a lot, a lot better. Um, obviously I rewatch my, my tapes all the time and I'm like, I can do this better. I should have done this. I should have done this. And, um, I'm always trying to learn more. Um, right now, um, I'm re- my focus is, is, um, trying is wrestling. I'm really trying to focus on wrestling. Um, I, I mean, I love to do it. Um, my, my coach, John Dupree now is, um, a fantastic wrestler and um, great wrestling coach. So I'm um, really blessed to have him there. And then, um, yeah, I have some great teammates. Cam Arnold, for example, yeah, is one yeah. of my teammates. Um, Henry Clark. Um, just I've I've just got some really great people around me, and um, I'm really blessed to have been adopted into the recon fight team. So. Now that you're on the on the win streak, uh, what is there a particular fighter you're eyeing to be able to get your hands on now? Um, at 115, amateur. Honestly, no, I don't really have um, anybody in my sights right now. Uh, I don't know who's training. I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. COVID has made everything just so crazy. So, um, honestly, I just want to make 115 and just. Um, make some girl never want to fight again. <laughs> so, uh, so what's behind the change of you dropping a weight class? Um, I think that I'm going to be very dominant in that weight class. I'm, I would be pretty tall for the weight class. I'm five, five. And, um, I actually like at 125, I'm still like kind of soft. So, um, I think dropping to 115 would be great for me. Um, I would have a lot of reach on a lot of these ladies and, um, and I'm out, I want to get out there and kill. So what do you, so you said you're working a lot on your wrestling. So would you consider yourself to be stronger, obviously on the feet? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely love to strike. I love, I love just, um, brawling in there. I love to fuck. I just love to fight. Like I just love cracking leather on people's faces. So, um, wrestling is definitely something that I, I wanted to work on. Are you doing jujitsu as well? Yes. Awesome. So right now in the, the world of MMA, it's, you know, things are obviously moving a lot slower than what people would want. The pandemic, you know, everyone's, you know, been affected for, dif- for different reasons. Now, is there any other options as far as like promotions that you'd uh, fight for if an opportunity presented itself? Um, I'm looking to do one more amateur fight and that would be at 115. So any, any uh, promotion in New England, really, um, I was supposed to fight for New England fights. I don't know if what's going on with them. Um, Cage Titans, Combat Zone, any of those like in New England, I would, I'm just, I just hope that I can fight by the end of the year. So uh, what's a major challenge as an amateur fighter that you've encountered in your journey right now in six fights? uh not getting paid <laughs> there you go. That, that's that's a big one because uh so i uh, talked to uh joe gianetti last week i had him on the show shout out to him 
And obviously, like I, I wanted to get you on the show because it's very different perspectives. I mean, Joe went in and he was, you know, the ultimate fighter. So regardless, he got some publicity off that show, you know, mm-hmm. and he's someone that's, you know, got, got a shot at the UFC. Obviously, from your perspective, it's you're going through the beginnings and, you know, the hard road of, you know, obviously not getting paid. And obviously, I'm sure it's very challenging. Uh, so I'm assuming that the way you manage your time is key, correct? Right. Um, you know, as a fighter, um, if that's what you love, to, if you love to fight, um, it's not like you don't really think about the money until you're not getting paid enough. Um, as an amateur, um, like it's not really about the money. It's about the experience. And um, I think that um, professional fighters don't get paid enough. Hint, hint to every single promotion. Um, <laughs> um, I, you're literally putting your life on the line like, and everything. So um, I think that it's, as of right now, it's my heart that drives me, not money. <laughs> And I hope that for the rest of my career, my heart will drive me more than money. So um, obviously pays a very big difference. You're not getting paid as an amateur. What's another big difference that you're going through those amateur uh, fights right now that pros don't have to go through? What's the, what's the big difference besides obviously your record not, you know, counting towards you as your pro? Um, I don't think there's really much of a difference. I mean, if you, um, if you want to fight, you're going to put in the work. And if you, I think that like a lot of amateur fighters don't take it as seriously. Um, really? Like, uh, yeah, I think that as a, like, there's a lot of amateur fighters that don't take it seriously because it's a hobby to them. It's not something they want to do for their life. Like, it's like, Oh, I just, I fight on the side. Um, but there's the difference between the hobbyists and then, the ones that want to make it a career and I'm one of those that want to make it into a career and it can get frustrating dealing with the people that just want it as a hobby and don't really try to look for it as a future. Of course. Have you ever trained with uh, some of those people? Um, yes, I have. And um, I'm, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. No problem there. So uh, talk about your first weight cut. What was that like? Um, so I haven't ever really had to cut like a lot of weight. Um, my first real weight cut was, um, to my first fight at 125. Um, I think, so I was like, it was very different because like, obviously I can't eat a lot of things and, um, the, the dieting was really hard. Um, and then I, I usually, when I cut weight, I do the Epsom salt bath. And, um, what's the benefit to that? I, I, I uh, don't know. So the Epsom salt bath, um, you cut weight faster, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, with the sauna, it's kind of more of a process, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but the Epsom salt bath is not fun at all. Oh, it's not fun. <laughs> okay. Cutting, cutting weight in general isn't fun. Um, I'm sure. And like you are basically dehydrating yourself completely in order to make weight and you only have to weigh that weigh that much for like an hour. So it can get, and then, and then you just rehydrate yourself right afterwards. So it, it's um, pretty taxing on the body and um, definitely makes you uh, 
a little bit more grumpy. <laughs> and uh, so I, Joe was telling me that, that the night before the weigh-in is the worst. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Especially like, um, it's, it's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you can't drink water. You're just like laying there, like hoping, like somehow you don't gain weight overnight. Oh my god! And <laughs> and um, it's just it's the worst because like it, you're just like please make me make weight. Like I'm so tired of this. I just want to get it over with. So when does like the 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 hard cut happen? Uh, prior to your weigh-ins for you, is it like twelve hours, twenty four hours before? I usually, I like to um, do my weight cut the night before mm-hmm. and weigh and get to my weight the night before weigh-in. So the next morning, I can just sleep all day until weigh-ins. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's not terribly, terribly long, but you're well prepared for that. So right. uh, who influenced you to become a fighter? What inspired Chelsea? Um, so I had always been interested in it, but I never really had the opportunity. And then I was stationed in um, Port Angeles, Washington, and um, there was a small gym. It was called Cage Works at the time, but now I think it's called Fifth Element. And um, I started training there, and it was great. Um, and uh, that's where I started learning. And then the first MMA fight I ever went to, I saw this girl – I don't know if she fights anymore. Um, her name is Morgan Engelhart. And I saw her fight and she knocked out this girl. And I was like, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And um, through the punch. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I was like this girl. I was like, I, I want to, I want to train. I want to fight. I can do this. So, yeah. So from that point, from that moment that you saw her, you know, win, how fast did you start training or getting into, you know, MMA? So I had been training um, a little bit. Like I, I just started, um, just started training. Um, but the only thing was, is um, I like about six months into training, I found out that I had a huge um, mass connected to my artery next to my like in my pelvic region and um and so I had to quit training for like six months and it was really hard um I was on bed rest for a month after the surgery and um for six months I couldn't like do anything couldn't lift anything or anything so so I'm assuming it was a it sounds like a long process to be able to recover six months some yeah. people may say it's not that long of a time, but it, when it's something, when it's keeping you away from something that you love to do, obviously it's those days feel like years, I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I felt like, um, I basically had to like start from scratch. Um, after I had that surgery, I got, um, I got, um, transferred yeah. to Maine and that's where I found first class and I started training. I felt like I started from scratch there and then, yeah. And then I was there for like three years and I moved to um, the Portland area. And that's where I started training at West at um, recon. Was there a particular uh, MMA fighter that influenced you as far as like, you know, like it being UFC or Bellator? 
Uh, I mean, Valentino Shevchenko is a wonderful fighter and everything. Um, but more on the local level, um, who inspired me was definitely Hillary Rose. Like she, I idolize her. I love her. She's amazing. Um, and I just, she's, she has so much heart and love for this sport. Like you can just see it. She's amazing. And she's going to do fantastic, wonderful things. And, uh, and she's fighting out of uh, Maine as well or where? Um, she fights out of US MMA in, um, in Massachusetts. Have you um, seen her? I, not recently. She, um, she actually fought for the Contender Series a, a little over like a couple months ago, I think. Unfortunately, she didn't win, but it was definitely an amazing fight. Um, but yeah. What's, uh, did you, so you have, you've actually spoken to her, correct? Yeah. 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 Like we've, we trained together and I've, we, we like, yeah, she's like one of my best friends. And so what's, uh, some of the best advice that she's ever given you? Um, <laughs> some of the best advice she's given me, um, she's given me a lot of advice. She's a, she's a mean lady. So she, <laughs> Well, how much older is she from you? What's the difference? Oh, she's actually like a year older than me, but she's okay. been training for a lot longer than I have. Um, she, um, she, uh, some of the best advice, she's like, use that jab, use that jab. You're so long, use that jab. <laughs> and uh, so your, the end game is to become a pro. Is that the end game or is there something else um, you want? Well, obviously I want to fight for um, either UFC or Bellator and become a champion. Like I, I want, I, I want to be the one. <laughs> I get you. And uh, who uh, is there a particular fighter in that, in that sport that would be your dream opponent? Um. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I should call out UFC fighters or Bellator fighters right now. No, uh, but I'm saying it would, like a like a dream, like a a dream matchup though. Just some, someone that oh my goodness, you'd like fangirl over. Um, dream opponent. Um, I don't. It's not a. I get you. I get you. <laughs> I get you. And so. Um, Good fights coming up uh, this uh, these next couple of weeks. Is there a particular fight you're looking forward to the most? Honestly, I've been so busy, so I haven't really been paying attention to who's on the cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I get I you. Life, life out, like a couple days before when people start posting their picks. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I usually look for the girl fights. I'm like, how many girl fights are on there? I get you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, just so you know, uh, you know, Marlon Moraes is fighting against Corey Sanhagen. That's going to be an interesting fight. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you think uh, Do you think Corey can get it done against Marlon? Marlon's really good. He I don't know. A, he is an animal. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> that's a very uh, tough matchup for Corey, uh, especially like with uh, Corey. I was a little disappointed in the way his fight ended uh, with Aljamain. I thought it was going to go a little bit longer. Aljamain's a, a great fighter. So obviously, he was able to get the finish. I was really excited for him. I'm real excited for him. Now, I think that 
it's you know it's an opportunity to be able to get back in there there's a another interesting fight i don't know if you heard about this but uh brian ortega is fighting korean zombie oh yeah that's gonna be a great fight i think i think zombie is gonna beat him though you think zombie's gonna be i'm going with ortega on that one i think that you know i think a major concern for me it's you know seeing how long it's been since ortega last fought i believe he fought in december 2018 it was against mm-hmm. a holloway Obviously, I want to see what kind of version of Ortega is going to be, you know, is going to show up that night. A lot of people are saying zombie, though. So uh, I'm pulling for yeah. Brian. Uh, what about uh, Khabib versus uh, Justin Gaethje? What do you think? Oh, that's going to be a really interesting fight. Um, I think it's going to be really well matched and it's going to be really close. I don't know. Now, I think it's going to be dominant for Khabib. Joe Gianetti, obviously trained with Khabib, he is telling me that there's he doesn't see, you know, it, he doesn't, besides a puncher's chance, he doesn't see it, you know, going Gaethje's way. What do you think? Do you give Gaethje more than a puncher's chance for that kind of a fight? I mean, Gaethje can wrestle too. So I don't know. I honestly, um, I'm really bad at this. Honestly, no, I'm, you're like, good. I'm like, cause like, I'm always like, uh, um, if I like, I don't know. I think that it's good. I think it's going to be a really well matched fight. I think it's going to be one of, um, Khabib's, better matched fights we'll see we'll see on that one now um as far as um things going on for you in mma is there anything particular that you'd want to share uh with the audience about maybe maybe you know an interesting you know maybe the hardest weight cut that you've had or maybe you know the most i guess i don't want to say life-changing but a very influential spot that you've had throughout your career so far something that you hold on to that you know is what keeps you driving what what motivates chelsea's better question what motivates chelsea um i i love to fight so but i also have um really bad anxiety i take um lexapro for and i'm in therapy um i'm a huge mental health um advocate so yes Definitely. I, I think everybody should go to therapy. Honestly, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that'll help you and your life. Um, but when I'm training and I'm, when I'm fighting, all of that goes away. It's like everything goes blank. And that's a lot of times I'm like, this is what keeps me alive. Like if I didn't have this, I would, I would lose my mind. I don't know where I'd be right now. So I am incredibly grateful for finding MMA and just being a part of it. And I've met the most amazing people in my life through it. And it's the only thing that really makes me happy. It's the only thing I've ever loved in my life for real. (laughs) So how nervous was it before your very first fight? Was it nerve wracking? Yes, I was super nervous. I didn't know how to act. Um, when I was walking out, I was like, should I be mad? Should I be happy? Like, should I have a I don't... very big mad face <laughs> on? Yeah, I was like, I have no idea what to do. And then I got in the cage. I was like, I can't believe I'm about to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I lost. And then um, it, it's, um, I got back up, fought again, lost, got back up, fought again, lost. I was like, I hate to lose more than I like to win. So I started to freaking train other places, train my ass off. Like I made all the right changes and it's definitely been a benefit. 
how what was your first hit like like as far like when you first got hit by someone how did that feel like um actually the first time i actually got hit like solid and hard was during sparring um one of the one of the, the girls um that was part of a, another gym came to spar with me and it was she was debuting as well <laughs> and her name was francesca and she punched me so hard i was like i started to cry no way <laughs> yeah i cried so hard and i was like i guess this is what i have to deal with yeah you're like whoa welcome welcome to the sport yep and then um yeah now i'm i'm like punch me harder so let's backtrack a little bit um so after you had lost the first three what did your first win feel like how did it feel like (laughs) it was like I, it was like all of the doubt fell away. I was like, this is what I've meant to do. And I, right after I beat her, it was a TKO. I like ran around the cage. I was screaming. I was jumping around. I was so happy. And everybody, like all my fans were out there, like super happy screaming. And um, it was just like, a huge relief. I'm like, I'm like, thank you. This is exactly what I needed to know. I am, this is my career choice. And you won three in a row. So yeah, clearly on the right path. Yes. Now, when you're, when you're fighting, uh, what was your first win like though, as far as like the finish, did you knock the person out? Did you submit them? Um, it was in third round. Um, and I, need her in the solar plexus and um she fell and the co- the ref stopped it so when that happened obviously yes that's the moment you were waiting oh for. my gosh i was oh i was elated i was just like screaming it was just so great it was like an amazing feeling and this was uh so were you already at the second gym at your current gym right now no i wasn't i okay. actually have i haven't fought for them yet Oh, okay. Well, it was great that your coach, your the coach that you started with, and I guess was influential in your career, was able to see you get your first win there. Yeah. So what's the difference that a fighter has to make or adjustments when going into a different gym? Is that something that, because I, I I've heard different things. Is it frowned upon? Is it all professional professionalism? Uh, you know, obviously not in your particular case. I mean, it sounds like your team was, you know, supporting you 100% of the way but can it get ugly for other fighters do you think or is it something that people can just take and it's just business and no feelings into it it depends on who you're dealing with if someone okay. takes it personally then that's that's when it starts getting like weird and okay. and also like if something happened at the gym that made that that person leave like that can be that can be leaving on a bad note but as long as you like like communicate with like the people like I told my old coach I was like hey it's really hard for me to train there regularly it's going to be a lot easier for me if I just switch gyms um I love you guys like I I'm always going to remember you you're always going to be a part of my fight career like and like he was totally understanding like he was like I totally get that like it's it's way easier for you so and uh who was the head coach again I, I believe you said his name earlier at my old gym? Yeah. John Rayo. 
he sounds like he was a completely understandable person and was clearly right behind you from the very beginning. So that's a very good thing. Yes. So a uh, shout out to him. Yes. So um, as far as uh, your uh, mixed martial arts career, you're trying to get a fight uh, at the end of this year, correct? I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else before we sign off that you'd like to tell anybody anything you want, any, anything you want to let be known right now? Um, I just want to uh, shout out to my sponsors, um, uh, Battle Wounds Apparel. They make my fight shirts. Um, Rick Smith, he's a strongman competitor. He helps me with my strength and conditioning. And then Next Gen Fitness is a is a gym, like a regular gym that um, sponsors me. And they're great. They're a brand new facility. So um, I just want to shout out all of them. And I really appreciate all of them just being there for me. Awesome. And then uh, you're on Instagram, correct? Yes. Awesome. Well, I will uh, have, for anyone that's listening, I will have uh, Chelsea's Instagram linked in the description below of this episode. Anything else, Chelsea? No, thank you so much for having me on. No, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen. Once again, this was the Critical Condition Sports Podcast with uh, Chelsea Tucker. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye.